Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever, alongside me is Rachel Burford, the England legend. How are we, Burford? A good week? I mean, the pressing question, I, I would suspect on most of our listeners' lips, <laughs> is, the back, is the back on the sofa? No. Oh. It's, the, it's this weekend's job. And we've got the back, the back cushions arriving today. You wait. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look good. Well, and I, I've got, we've got some work going on in the back, in the back garden now. An actual carpenter's there, so he's going to be able to help me along my way. Oh, so now we're having to bring in inside help as well. Well, no, no, he's not. He's just going to be there. I don't even know if he's going to actually help me. So, I, mean, I reckon all all us participants in your lockdown squad, the way you beast us, we should get on a, to a Zoom <laughs> call with you and beast you till you get the sofa done. <laughs> the role reversal. On that note, yeah, did the old lockdown squad last night. Great, great fun. A little bit stiff this morning. Didn't warm up properly. <laughs> Um, it all came around a little bit quickly, but no, great fun. And uh, I'm guessing people from from all over the country. Yeah, we did. We had lots of different people from different clubs. I just what I loved about it, it was it was just so like diverse in who we had. We had young kids, we had older kids, we had brothers and sisters working out together. We had dads and his boys working out, and and then you had some older boys with his dad. It was just, it was just so cool. Um, we, I had an email this morning actually from um, one of the participants saying, um, you know, can't believe how um, you managed to be able to motivate me, the 50 year old, and my daughter, the 10 year old, to get through that session. Um, and yeah, so it was just really cool to, to witness it. I was absolutely buzzing. Great. No, good for you. And um, yeah, well, no places left now, I'm guessing. No, well, I aim to get, you know, a minimum of 40, 50, sorry, households and we exceeded that. And I've had a couple of people message me, ask me to come back on. So I've opened it back up now for um, for the rest of the week to see if there's a few people that, you know, were um and are in and now they feel like they're missing out and want to be involved, which is great. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe some of the people who are on it are talking about it and other people want to be a part of it. Great stuff. And, and you personally, in terms of with your multicolored harlequins hat on what's what's the latest with the club i mean we 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 sort of got a new head coach need to be appointed is there a start date in the future not too distant future that you might be able to resume some kind of training because of course obviously the boys are back in at scary sports bar can't they yeah, they are, but it, it's very much so they're back in and they're in small groups and they're running and they're lifting weights within their platform. So it it, it really isn't rugby-like. Um, you know, they're specifically only allowed in the building for X amount of time. But for us, we don't. We still haven't been given a date. Um, everything is still, you know, the RFU are talking very closely to the clubs. So Lance St John's been in communication with us just saying, you know, she's talking to them and they've just got to kind of work out. I think they, they need to see how phase one is going in terms of phase one return is going with the boys and make sure that then we can then use that information to then plan hours. But I, I don't see us going back until end of July at the earliest. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it is difficult when people, you know, we're watching uh, Super Rugby, Arotea, uh, down in New Zealand. 
uh, and and that's going on. I guess it is quite difficult. Well, yeah, why can't we get it, even get back into training? But it, you know, every country is completely unique, isn't it? And uh, there is no point plunging ourselves into any sort of second wave. And uh, yeah, we've all got to just keep being patient, I guess, haven't we? Yeah. This is this is bigger than bigger than rugby, despite it. Yeah, rugby obviously being our love, our, our passion, whatever. Yeah, and I think we we we've got a, quite a big responsibility in that, like. For example, middies and juniors, like their fixtures don't start to the end of September anyway. So like, I don't see why we want to be rushing kids in to be, you know, training from June, July, August and half of September before playing again. We don't want to, you know, burn people out because we're thinking, oh, my God, we've got to get back. We've got to get back um, because we missed, um, you know, a big chunk of the seat or two months of the season. It's like we just have a good, a big responsibility to make sure we do it sensibly in the right way and that we don't rush kids um, back into it too quickly as well. Because I think everyone's talking about the elite game, but there's lots of grassroots clubs that are trying to get themselves into a position to get their kids back as well. And I mean, what's the one thing that's going to turn a lot of kids off turning up every Sunday to do two hours of fitness? Um, so, yeah, we just need to be mindful with that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, and also, it is an incredibly contact sport, and actually, dumbing that down in any sort of way, way, shape, or form for personally for me, it it just doesn't work. It kind of takes out that uh, that key cog of what what makes rugby great. To get our first guest on the show, then uh, a lady who is so instrumental for Spanish rugby, Patricia Garcia. Six years representing her country at 15. She's been on the seventh circuit for the last four years as well. Two World Cups under her belt. And she will be absolutely key in getting Spain to next year's World Cup through those qualifications. Let's get her on the phone. It is a huge, huge pleasure. A big, big, warm WRP welcome to Patricia Garcia. Uh, hello, welcome to the WRP. As I say, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Um, it's, it's great to have you on. Such a stalwart of, of Spanish women's rugby. The, uh, the grand manchego, if I may put it that way, of, uh, of, Spanish, <laughs> of Spanish rugby. Thanks so much for coming on. Are you well? How's, how's lockdown been treating you? Hi, thank you very much. Pleasure to, to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, uh, coming out better every time with this pandemic. Uh, we are already uh, coming back to the new normality that, that we are naming it in Spain. I'm taking care a lot of of uh, of all the relations and all of the contacts uh, out of the uh, out of the streets on the views area. But yeah, uh, we are getting better, uh, getting back to trainings and, and happier every time. And and how, how have you personally sort of almost at aside from from being a a, a rugby player how, how have you personally coped with it? Mm. Berth's thrown herself into giving out free rugby sessions to all and and what have you and building a, a sofa well half building a sofa. <laughs> um, what have you been doing? Yeah, well, um, first of all, everything uh, it has been really hard times, especially well, you know, over there, but also in Spain, like. Uh, thousands of families and thousands of people uh, having really bad moments. So this is something that we cannot just uh, uh, forget. Uh, so in the other in the other hand, really 
appreciate that uh, I'm lucky, like my family is okay, safe, healthy. So when you, you are not just worried because uh, something is on the hospital and you are having a bad moment, then you can uh, use the time to, to rest, you can use the time to create projects, you can use the time to relation with others, even with these uh, technologies. So this is what I was uh, uh, what I was doing and what I was handling personally this this uh, this moment. Mm-hmm. But just yeah, for, for those who don't know, what what do you do outside of outside of rugby? Although that obviously fills up a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. What else do you do uh, alongside the rugby, and, and how's that been affected by by the COVID situation? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of things. I'm. Um, really curious person I always want to to grow and I always want to learn new, new stuff so uh, I have an NGO I, um, we're running uh, charity projects so our main one is rugby libre which uh, we do a tour of the countries once one one tour every year and we do we go especially to um, uh, social risk exclusion uh, people uh, situation and contexts so we can um, we can share through the rugby values and uh, all these skills and all these uh, benefits that sport bring to us. No, so this is one of my main projects that we are doing with with all my team. And behind this project that uh, absolutely we cannot travel this year and in this month, uh, we are working through a documentary series. We are working through a book. We are working through uh, uh, photos or uh, expositions. So different ways to to, to share to share this um, this uh, main value and this uh, uh, philosophy over over the world. So this is something that we have been working a lot of times in terms of the charity and the NGO. And, and one other part that we are working more in the parts or, or more in the part of of the enterprise and on the uh, on the technologies and the, on the innovation is the creation of uh, different mobile phone applications so um, applications for the for the union for the Spanish Rapid Union that we just uh, came out this week a um, uh, lot of uh, opportunities coming out with the technologies and the uh, digital transformation that we are running out now with this project with with the team and that we can offer to other clubs uh, to other clubs to other sports uh, basket football rugby unions you know this is something that it can help to grow the different projects um, this is something that we are always uh, also focused sorry, uh, on this on this uh, on this period of confinement confinement yeah I've- I've actually been trying to look for your app. But... <laughs> this is my one. This is my one, yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I don't understand a word of it because it's in Spanish, but it's Spanish, so cool. Yeah. And you can see yeah. all the different projects that you're involved in, um, which is really, really cool. So what, what's that, Johnny, Beth? you'll have to yeah. translate. You're, you're, looking at the, yeah, uh, yeah. you're looking at the app, are you, are you Beth? Yeah, so um, I downloaded the app yesterday and it's kind of got all the sections, well, some of the sections that uh, Patricia's talking about there. Um, can't quite yeah. fully read all we, of it. We have to do it. Yeah, yeah, I have to do it in English, sorry. <laughs> we have to work on that, yeah. Uh, we, uh, this is like, you know, like new new things we are coming out, so we will need to translate in French, English, you know, other languages. 
Um, this is something that, that we will do for sure because there is some uh, interesting content and every time we are doing uh, more information about trainings, more information about nutrition, more information about the Spanish Ruby calendar. So this is something that um, I'm working with my team and slowly we will, we will put it in English. Sorry. And is, is that to kind of give you know, everybody and anybody grassroots level all the knowledge, resources and just kind of help grow any player that's playing and involved in the game? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, my point of view in this terms of the communication, it's something that internet is an open window for, for all uh, all the women's sport and all this sport like rugby in Spain that we are not uh, massive in this, in this area. So as soon as I start understanding the social social media, social network, you know, like Facebook uh, 10 years ago, uh, my first web page, same eight years ago, you know, I I understand these opportunities like a window to share our passion, to share our sport, uh, because we don't have normally, or at least or at, at that moment, we don't have that windows uh, for, for to arrive to every community, every people, and every person in Spain. No, we didn't have this uh, support in terms of the media, so that's why the main reason I I start growing all my all my um, brand and all my image. And, and now with these new technologies, of course, I have the opportunity to bring it into the into the phone format. And this is the, the application. And yeah, so slowly we are putting more contents, as, as you said, you know, to share all this knowledge and all, all these learnings and all this experience uh, so we can uh, be close to the people, be close to our fans and, and, and share this, this uh, knowledge to all the people that want to uh, maybe look for something specific in rugby or maybe something specific in skills or, or how uh, we work in terms of, uh, of mental abilities. So, you know, a lo- lot of things we are growing out there. Well, it, it seems to be um, a very, very favourable way of, of trying to push the game. I know uh, Augustine Pichot, when he was going for the, the, the Championship of World Rugby, wasn't he? He was talking about the, the fact that rugby doesn't have a, a FIFA Xbox game and is, is that a kind of way to try and spread the game to, to a wider audience? It seems like you're using mm. technology to, to do that. Just just one last um, boring rugby question from, from the Rugby Norse here. Um, what, how, where, where is rugby in Spain at the moment, Rogers? If, if we don't you look at it on a weekly basis... How far has it come since the sort of Olympic inclusion of sevens? Uh, and and where, where do you see it going in the next sort of couple of years? Yeah. So um, rugby is getting is getting bigger and bigger in Spain at the moment. Um, both sides of the game, 15s and sevens, um, and men's and women. So it, it's more um, depending on the year and of the uh, performance objective. Uh, that that the people and the communities, uh, or even the media, we are uh, they are working into the perspective. So I say, like, if there is Olympics and we can qualify for Olympics at the Rio 2016, for example, with the women's and with the men's, that was all the focus with the community. That was all the focus with the media, and and uh, that was an inflection point in terms of the growing and and, and developing of especially of the communication for for women's or men's rugby here in Spain. Um, then then the men's they almost qualified for for the World Cup uh, 15th World Cup men's for in Japan, and that was like really. Um, uh, uh, passing all all this media and all this community focus on the men's. Pushing them and, and having all this um, all this speech to try to them to qualify, they didn't, they couldn't finally. But that was very like you can feel like this is a lot of thousands of, of people 
here in Spain that they didn't know rugby before and now they start uh, knowing about rugby and and even you know like these kids uh girls and boys that they are uh, knowing about rugby they want to be like all these uh, leones and leonas uh, how the name of, of, of or, you know volosaf of the national yeah. team that the uh, we are there. People know knows that about this. So, uh, so all these families know the benefits of rugby in terms of the education, in terms of the respect, in terms of the teamwork, in terms of the integrity, and also the inclusion. Because here we play rugby, uh, girls and boys and, and people with disabilities till 16 years old. They all play together. So you know, you, you know all these values in terms of education. This is something that uh, it's uh, massive important here in the in the growth of the sport in Spain. So we are, yeah, we are working in all these areas in terms of the international competitions with all these World Cup, Olympics and, and situation and all, also the development in terms of the young, young kids um, coming uh, every time more and more and playing rugby. Right. Patricia, I'm interested in the uh, domestic game. What's that like there in Spain? So like the club game? Yeah. Um, club game and, and is it just 15s or do they facilitate any 7s? Yeah, both. Both. Um, there is more part of the season that starts more, normally. Well, this year, you know, everything's going to change. But <laughs> normally, September till April, September till May, it's 15s aside. Um, and there is, um, every time it's this stronger league, no? In terms of the men's, there is a couple of divisions. So, A, B, you know, there's a couple of divisions. And in terms of women's, um, uh, women, there's, this also growing. Like, there is a national division um, of the teams, and there is a second national division that is growing every time. Um, and then there is regional divisions. So, now we are talking that there is, there is at least three divisions in terms of women's rugby. Uh, when I was when I was start playing ten years ago, it was just one division. So I just I even know even to pass a rugby ball or kick a rugby ball or making a tackle. And I was uh, playing and training with uh, you know the people that who was playing World Cups national team and everything for for ten or fifteen years old. So um, now now that hasn't happened anymore. You know the girls that start playing rugby, they play with the regional or the university team, and then they they go up to the in the top leagues, um, yeah. So we are growing uh, positive, in a positive way and pathway in this sense. But you know, in comparison with France, New Zealand, England, we are still like a couple of steps back in terms of the competition and in terms of the level, of course. Uh, but but I think that we are on the good way, on the good pathway. Yeah. So, so what if I was to say, you know, you could you could cast your eyes ahead of the future and predict what Spanish rugby look like? What are your hopes? What, where would you love to see the game go? Yeah, um, well, uh, still there is a big difference and a big gap, uh, you know, with the girls that arrive to national team, especially. So even they, they are one of the best and uh, by difference in the national league, and you can uh, see them uh, play on the national league, then arrive to the international level, which we are playing the, the Leonas, um, for example, the World Seven Series of Sevens, no? And there is a huge gap still, not just in physicality, which is normal, but also in techniques. No, um, fortunately, tactic uh, they are better because they have been playing for for uh, since they are four, five, six years old, which is something that we didn't have. I started playing rugby when I was eighteen. You know, um, so this is something very good in terms of tactics, but still in terms of techniques and physicality, there is a big gap. So that will be good to grow in this uh, second international team. You know that uh, at the moment we need to focus all all our resources on the first national team. So we can try to go to qualify for our World Cup that we have at the moment in uh, on the next couple of months. Um, but but then after this, 
there is no a second Spanish national team that is working really hard, so the gap is going to be closer. We don't have enough resources at the moment to, to do this, but hopefully this is something where I, I would like to look at in the future so uh, there, is, um, there is no this big gap for the new girls. How far away do you think that um, you know, the Red Roses have moved into professional sort of 15 set up now uh, and the clubs are beginning to, to move that way as well to, to pay their players to, to play rugby uh, day in, day out, week in, week out. How far away do you think that is for, for, for Spain? Yeah, it, it is quite far. I mean, yeah. like England, it is, a, it, is a, it is a rugby country, you know, like everyone in England, or I would say almost everyone, because I, I, I don't know exactly, but knows that uh, rugby ball, you need to pass it backwards you, uh, how how it looks like a game on the tv you know even if you did you play or, or even not play or train or whatever you know what looks like rugby on the tv and you know um the basic rules of the game you know in spain at the moment that doesn't exist you you look at the rugby on the tv and, and you don't understand half of the rules of the game you know so this is something cultural that uh, is a big step so all these people coming back to coming for new or to rugby uh, first of everything, they they need to look uh, rugby games and understand more than the game. So this is a big gap uh, already, just in terms of cultural and in terms of high performance. Uh, in the last World Cup, we have been playing England on the pool on the pool faces, and they beat us uh, a lot of points. I think fifty or fifty points more or less. I think or even even more. I don't know exactly the, the result, but I I know that England is they are. BC champions, uh, so second of, of, of the world, you know, there is a very good project in terms of women's rugby, professional design, or the national team. And now with the league for the three, next three years, uh, professional clubs, uh, uh, league, this is something that we are still, still a little bit far in Spain. Uh, the thing is that I think not anymore this gap is going to be for ages if we work properly. I mean, like, if we if we work into marketing, good marketing and good professionalism in terms of the entities and in the clubs, you know there is already a lot of uh, women rugby clubs in Spain that they already have money to bring New Zealand people to pay, uh, to bring um, some international players to play in our league in our division. The thing is that still we are not professionalized in terms of the clubs, and this is something very very important. So this is still a big gap, but I hope that we don't take ten more years to. To, to pick to pick you guys up no. for our listeners that that, that wouldn't possibly uh, uh, realize the the sevens outfit and squad is is professional how does that then link over to to when you go to 15s who uh, are you funded in terms of uh your your kit your your staying or, or is that literally sort of money from from your own pocket yeah, uh, in terms of sevens, as you say, like we are also professional. So here the gap with other national uh, international teams there is a little bit less. You know, Spain rugby union doesn't have that much resource as as New Zealand or England or France, of course. And this is something that you can see even in the staff that we are bringing into the World Seven Series. We go with three or four staff, you know, um, and the other teams they have six, seven, eight. You know, so this is something that you can just see because. Uh, you know, in our preparation is going to have an impact, of course. But in terms of the contracts, uh, the players, we have been uh, professional since a couple of uh, years before the Olympics. So this is something, this is our profession and this is something that we are we are working every time. And then when we go to 15s, this is different different stuff. Uh, because at the moment we don't have 15s contracts and it's just 15s camps when you go there. 
And when you are professional, when you are contracted with the union, sorry, you can go seventh and fifteenth, you know. So, okay. uh, but this is something that hopefully in the future will change. Hopefully, it will be fifteenth contracts. Uh, one day, and even maybe this year, you know, with uh, the World Series series that is completely unknown, and we don't know if there's going to be or it's going to be less or how how many. But 15th focus with the World Cup uh, qualification and the World Cup in New Zealand. So hopefully it starts growing and um, professionalism in this in this, um, in this side of the game. So with those, sorry, just to come in there, with those two next year, where, do, where does the focus go? Next year, with, with the Olympics uh, uh, and the World Cup. 15th. Yeah. No, no, fifteenth uh, for us. Uh, it's going to be first. Everything fifteenth and fifteenth because we have qualification on the uh, normally normally on the end of the year. You know, yeah. you know so more or less uh, that would be our, our main focus. If we qualify for fifteenth, then there will be a World Cup, of course. Uh, but but if we don't qualify, then we'll go back for sure to to sevens because we want to be and and stay on the circuit on the World Seven Series, which is something very important for the Spanish rugby men's and women's side uh, because this is a huge and well you know it's the best competition in the world uh, uh, in terms of sevens and we need to be there to to be in, uh, playing and competing against the best of of the world, uh, especially a union like us that doesn't have much resource in comparison, of course, with the Japanese or Chinese. You know, if we go back from this uh, competition um, uh, co- uh, side, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard uh, to us to 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 bring uh, to, to pick up another a new spot. But you know, in sevens we didn't qualify for Olympics, so this is important. You know, to know also because if we have been Qualify for Tokyo, that will be a different story, you know, as it has been in, in Rio 2016. So uh, the men didn't qualify and the women we didn't qualify even. Maybe, you know, we'll see what happened with Russia because uh, Russia has been investigating and, and Russia has one of the spots of the of the uh, Olympic repertoire, of the world repertoire. Um, so if something happens there, maybe we are, we are the next. So Russia is the third of Europe and we are the fourth of Europe. So if something happens with Russia, maybe we have to, or we, we can jump into the, into the repertoire. Uh, but this is something that is not, you know, doesn't depend on us. Uh, it's something that we, we didn't, we didn't win a spot in the repertoire. So this is something that maybe it will arrive, but we, we don't know. And it's up to us. And hopefully it's the first for the game. And yeah, so we'll see. Lovely. Yeah, I was just I was just going to say so f- absolutely full full steam ahead for those qualifications, which were what due uh, in the autumn time, weren't they? We, but but now with potentially six nations having to be finished off, and then obviously the the qualifications that that, that need to happen. When there's even talk of those qualifications being put back to after the six nations next year, um, must be quite difficult to sort of plan and and, and and actually look ahead and, and focus on those qualifications because we've got no idea when they're going to be. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, normally, hopefully, we'll be at the end of the year and, you know, we'll see. But this is something that, uh, you know, we don't have this information for sure. Hopefully, we'll be uh, officially coming out um, uh, obviously coming out soon. And, and you know, even, even that, uh, that will depend on the pandemic. So this is something historic that we have never... Uh, life fortunately uh, in this situation so so who knows but we will be prepared for, for, for when the date arrives we are already working all the girls in our homes in our houses uh, as we can 
And as soon as, as we can have the Spanish rugby camps with the, with the team and with the union, we will work uh, together very focused for this qualification. Yeah, we, who knows when. Um, bizarrely, I've got a question for, for you, Berth. And those of you who haven't had the, the privilege of uh, seeing Patricia play, uh, what's she like as a player, Berth? Oh, be nice. Relentless. <laughs> no, honestly, one of the fiercest competitors you ever play against. I think if anybody's going to save the day, she's your woman, either in defence or attack. Um, yeah, don't be shaking your head at me because you are the heartthrob of um, Spanish rugby. Um, yeah, no, one of the toughest competitors, but one of. Uh, and literally one of the nicest people as well. You can have a smile with her on the pitch, even when she's like angry and aggressive, but in the right way. Um, and off the pitch, she's an absolute heartthrob as well. Like just has a real, really brings those values um, to life, what we talk about. And, and like you've mentioned about, you know, sharing those values of togetherness and teamwork and it all being, you know, all encompassing everybody together. You really do encapsulate all of that and that's why we're so excited about having you on the pod the amount of kind of desire and passion you have for rugby especially Spanish rugby but also your kind of your love and your drive off the pitch as well is really 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 cool yeah I'll tell you back that up from from what I heard heard this morning um (coughs) yeah incredible incredible passion um Coming across the, uh, the this Zoom call, um, I was want to go go get my boots on now, um, but I can't move because I did one of uh, Berth's fitness sessions last night. But just yeah, where where does that come, that passion come from? You, you said you're a very curious person, but 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 a passion to to, to play uh, a sport as physical as as as, as rugby as demanding as sevens is, and then to flip back over to fifties. Where does that passion come from? Is it purely for the game, or, or, or is it that your pers- part of your personality as well? Uh, well, uh, thank you way too for all these words. I think <laughs> I'm uh, emotional about, about this and here, here and this stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I think I'm a passionate person in, in general since I was little. I always loved sports and, and I always um, like to, to learn from the best and learn, learn things even if they, you know, they are maybe even not useful for my professional maybe but I always be learning and I always want to be learning and want to want to grow but but in terms of the rugby this is something very very uh, strong for me because when I when I knew about rugby and when I um, knew about this all this teamwork and all these values and all, and all of this you know it did connect with some part inside of me and I say wow I'm becoming a better person a better person a better human with with all the things I'm learning here, with all the things that I'm learning from others, I'm I'm learning in this um, uh, sport context. And uh, what how how the world would be if we could um, put these values and all these learnings into our society? Um, this is something that it connects to me very inside of me, and this is I think maybe why um, I'm very passionate and all these things I'm doing for and uh, also outside of the pitch. Uh, you know, for me, that makes sense in, in my life and how I understand the world and how I understand the purpose of being here on the life. Uh, so this is something um, I would really like to to share with the people. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm very lucky and I had a lot of opportunities, but I know that there's uh, thousands of people that they don't have 
Um, they didn't have a family that loved them. They didn't have enough resources to go and play uh, sports um, or maybe buy some boots. You know, uh, they didn't have context, a context that they can even go to school and, and have an, an, an education. So this is something that uh, inside of me wants to share all, all these uh, benefits of the, of the sport and of the rugby with all these people that didn't have the same chances and um, lucky than me. So, yeah. Oh, that's lovely, um, and you you can see that by the work that you do. And and I've got just just one final question from me. And um, we're way off when this will be, but what do you have any plans when you finish playing? Like, because I could see you being <laughs> sideline World Series head coach, um, absolutely <laughs> dominating the way. GM, um, Spanish. Do you have any me. ideas about what you might do? Yeah. Um... Uh, same, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, I really love the game and I really love to be coach one day. This is even something that now I, I really like or really love. I have been coaching uh, a few, but just, you know, like some days or some weeks because, uh, you know, at the moment it's something that I cannot compromise with a team on the long term. But, but this is something that I really love and, and hopefully one day I can, I can serve and I can try to work and be a good coach. In this sense, uh, why not? You know, and um, in the other hand, I think I, I can imagine me with all these projects still with the charity, with the with the applications, you know, with the conference on the business, you know, all that is will be sharing this, uh, sharing this passion, sharing these skills, and sharing these uh, learnings and knowledge um, that I have been from from the last couple of years, and even that I I, I learn every day from, from from others is something that I would really. Um, love to work on it so i don't know exactly what kind of format or type of profession i don't know but i i can imagine it will be close to this and and finally this is more of a statement than a question if you want to come over to england and play just let me know okay (laughs) i'm your contact (laughs) (laughs) okay uh we'll chat after the podcast Heard it here first, Johnny. Jeez, Rachel Burford for moving into being an agent. But just, yeah, I, I'm conscious of time. Fascinating. We've, we've, we've been really, really lucky and, and people have been, been very, very generous with their time. During this lockdown period, we've, we've heard from uh, Malaysia. We've heard from Iran, from, from closer to home now with, with Spain. Uh, we're going off to, to Syria next week. It's absolutely fascinating. You know, someone who's followed the game all my life to actually hear the in-depth of, of what's going on with, with women's rugby uh, in Spain so thank you so much for for your your honesty and, and clear passion that comes across and just wanted to wish you all the very very best with uh, with those World Cup qualifiers as and when um, they uh, they come about but thank you so much for joining us today yeah thank you thank you guys that was amazing and, and really appreciate um, uh, really appreciate that you wanted to listen to my story, to listen about the Spanish rugby um, and, you know, to, to give this opportunity to all these people and all these women to, to, to share our stories, to share our passion. And, yeah, thank you very much and all the best for you too. I'm Sarah Hedene and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Wow, what a, what a smashing lady. Birth, but just the absolute passion for the game. I mean, I, I was transfixed at times, and actually, I mean, geez, what English is her third language? You know, I mean, I'd, I'd love to 
being being your you know, your your and Patricia's shoes and being able to speak other languages. Um, but she was stumbling over her words because she's so passionate to try and get the words out to express how passionate she is, and that's exactly how she plays as well. Yeah, no, it's really it's really lovely to have her on. She is, you know, we talk about people in our game who are driving the standards, pushing the boundaries showing the passion, showing the love, you know, on and off the pitch. And she's one of those. So I'm really delighted that we got a chance to talk to her. And, you know, and just to to go back 10 years in Spain where there was one club, one division, and she was, that was where she first picked up a rugby ball. Fast forward and the development of Spain rugby. Um, And now she's so involved in kind of driving um, what's next for the women's game. But yeah, just, I think, I think what is so great about Patricia is the fact she's just so humble with everything. You know, she spoke about, I want to learn from the best people. And she's probably one of the teams, one of the players on the series that has really good relationship and friendships with um, a lot of the other teams because she wants to learn from them. She wants to understand them. She wants to gain as much knowledge from them as possible. Um, And that just kind of sums up why she's the player that she is. I mean, she is one of the best players on the seventh circuit without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, she's been in the dream team a number of times. She's a player that pulls her team out of trouble. She's a player that wins them games, whether that's through her like her defence in the backfield or whether it's doing a quick tap and and running over people. Um, yeah, just an absolute um, delight to have her on, to hear a, a bit of her story, to hear a little bit of what's going on in Spain. Um, but the thing for me was the bit where she talks about what her purpose was and I think there's so many of people similar to her where rugby's given her so much and all she wants to do is take that and share it with the world to be like you can have this as well and it's just it just, that moment there just reminded me of you know again how special our game is and the opportunities it can bring to others and the fact the fact that she sees that as part of her purpose that now she needs to go and help others who aren't as fortunate and didn't have the same opportunities, just, you know, shouts about the kind of character that she is. So it's awesome to have her on. No, I could, could, couldn't agree more. Yeah, put the uh, the ethos of rugby and live your life like that. It's uh, it's not a bad way to, to conduct yourself. But no, I, I thought it was fascinating. And uh, yeah, we wish her and the rest of the 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 Spanish union and players all the very, very best for those, for those qualifiers, because it would be, would be great to, to see them down in New Zealand. But uh, yeah, no, fascinating uh, to hear all about rugby from down in Spain. A little bit of news to bring you up to date with Joe Yap continues to, well, solidify her squad, really, doesn't she? Her new contracts this week: Megan Goddard, Narcissi Jordan, and Cara Clark, the uh, the under twenties winger for England. Uh, and it's something we should have mentioned ages and ages ago. Uh, huge, huge congratulations to Elaine Vasey, uh, the former Manchester director of rugby. She has gone over to the US to the Dallas Jackals. They do have brilliant names over there, don't they, for their rugby teams? Uh, and she's uh, she's over there. To, to become the first ever assistant general manager in the MLR history. Uh, she's also the assistant coach as well. So, yes, chapeau. Many congratulations to, to you, Elaine. And, uh, yeah, what a sort of a feather in the cap for, for Manchester 
rugby club. Other news, literally hot off the press. Uh, Kim Oliver, now the Bristol Bears women, they have uh, signed Alicia Butchers, the uh, the Welsh international. They're amassing quite a quite a little squad down there with their their international players and uh, some of the homegrown talent as well. It'll be interesting to see how how the Bears go next season with uh, with Kim Oliver at the helm. And our weekly sales signing, only one this week. Come on, sales sharks, do keep up. Uh, Lisa Newman <laughs> from uh, from Fairwood Waterloo. Yeah, the, uh, the the Welsh international winger, uh, very good player. She's uh, she's signed for the sales shark for this foreseeable future, should we say? You spoke about sort of uh, slow progression, getting back to to training here in the the UK with the uh, the Prem Fifteen teams. Um, French Sevens back in training, which so that was really really good to see. Uh, you cast your eye over over that squad berth. Any uh, any interesting inclusions or exclusions? Um, I don't know about exclusions, uh, but I, I think everybody's going to see that um, Menager's stepped across and is involved in the training squad. Obviously, one of the starting players for the fifteen aside in that back row. Roman. Um, and, uh, Right. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if uh, you know. Maybe it's because um, Mayons has gone back, <laughs> and they they've traded across. I don't know. It's interesting that that's kind of that's happened. But of course, you'd be a pretty dangerous player on a on a sevens pitch. So yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I might must just say, you, you, clearly, your French lessons are coming on very well. They're excellent pronunciations there. Oui, oui. Um, <laughs> No, ça va. Back to a serious question. Um, the I mean, Roma manager, as you say, there really a key cog for the fifteen side. Gone over to the sevens. We know next summer now is really backed up in terms of Olympics and then World Cup. How feasible is it um, with that tight turnaround? I, I know we spoke to Sarah, Sarah here and he didn't we? Sarah Goss, and, and she she was hoping to do both. And Stacey uh, Flula, Stacey Wacker uh, was the same. Feasibly, yeah, if you've got really big squads, for example, Simon Middleton, is he going to take that risk? Um, do you know what I'd really like it to be down to the player to to take yeah, that option of the risk yeah. and not a coach dictate if if there's a way to plan it um, so that you can have your best players playing in your national shirt whether that's sevens or fifteens and there's a way to do it and you have the right trainers involved and the SNC and the nutrition to to make sure you know that that transition either way is as seamless as possible then I would love to see the best players at the Olympics and at the World Cup. Um, the only the only difference here is obviously uh, Menage hasn't played a lot of sevens. So I think it's really hard that way around, um, yeah. especially with where the series, seven series is at the moment. I think, you know, it's a very steep learning curve on that series now. Whereas the players who have kind of played 15s, gone played sevens, Still keeping their toe, understand the 15-inside game, like your Shannon Parrys and your Shani Williams, Sarah Hirini and Stacey Flula. Like, 
not many people will remember that Safety Wacker at that time played in the World Cup final at 13. So she's they've had that experience to be able to do both. Um, so I think that comes into play a bit. But I think there's an absolute, there's a way in making that possible. There's obviously the, the things that are problematic potentially is kind of like player load, player management. But again, they can be all managed efficiently, correctly um, to allow players to you know, to go and live two different types of dreams. No, I agree. I, I also think you're almost down to actually the the individual player, isn't it? Yeah, whether whether the coach feels that they can go across. But I, I agree. I think they should be all in the mix if they if they'd like to. You know, if we put our sort of red roses hat on, you know, the likes of Alex Matthews, Meg Jones, Ellie Kildarn, a- Amy Wilson Hardy. Um, you know, these kind of players. Uh, would you suspect would would be in the mix certainly in a in a sort of wider squad for for England? So uh, yeah, look, we we will wait and see the uh, see how that plays out for each individual country. So we'll just finish up uh, just to let you know what's going on this week with the WRP. Uh, big shout out, obviously, to uh, to Berth's French teacher, uh, obviously doing wonders there. Uh, <laughs> This week's mini series. We had uh, Maggie Alfonso on last week. Uh, interesting selection. Have you? You're right now, Berth, because you didn't quite make I it. I won't listen to it. No, no, not listen. Once it got past twelve, I said, "Done, not listening anymore." Oh, you wouldn't believe how much stick I gave Maggie the machine. Honestly. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Maggie Alfonso is really interesting. Uh, so yeah, take take a look at the back catalogue. This week we tried to get legend, and this lady absolutely firmly sits in there. Donna Kennedy, the first lady, female player to to hit 100 caps. Um, she's still the most capped Scottish player of all time, men or women. Uh, Hall of Famer for for Scottish rugby as well. Uh, yeah, it was a real real pleasure to talk to her, and she'd done yeah she'd done her research and worked it out and balance of teams and what have you so yeah that's coming up uh, next uh, next Sunday half past nine in the morning so you can just lie in bed with a cup of tea or coffee and uh, and listen to Donna Kennedy uh, and our, our, our guest next week all the way from Syria Sarah Abdelbaki absolutely fascinating lady the first Arab Asian woman referee uh, we'll hear a little bit about her journey uh, and then I think we'll do Sort of one more week uh, and uh, knock it on the head for a, a few weeks for a little bit of a summer holiday, a bit of a break berth. I know you and I could certainly do with some, some time apart. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it for this week. Thank you so much to Patricia Garcia. Absolutely fascinating to hear what's going on uh, with her and, 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 and rugby in Spain. Thank you as ever to, uh, to Berthatron. And stay fit, stay connected, keep talking to each other, and stay well. Until next time.